California Congressman Daryl Issa joins me to stress how many lives are being destroyed by the fentanyl pouring across our border. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, Issa also explains how China is making tons of money off our drug crisis. Follow the Sarah Carter Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simple delicious. Tart Cherry Gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com slash Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies. Buytartcherry.com slash Dana. This time, they're determined to succeed in thwarting the will of the people. That's why respected conservatives like Federal Circuit Court Judge Michael Ludwig has called Trump and the extreme MAGA Republicans, quote, a clear and present danger to our democracy. But while the threat to American democracy is real, I want to say as clearly as we can, we are not powerless in the face of these threats. We are not bystanders in this ongoing attack on democracy. There are far more Americans, far more Americans from every, from every background of belief who reject the extreme MAGA ideology than those that accept it. So, uh, I go, I take, well, we take one day for radio staff, you know, so they could have some time off and, you know, all that. And um, all Darth Vader hell breaks loose. I mean, good grief, what was that? I mean, and, and he had this, a background that Lenny Riefenstahl would have been proud of. I mean, I really felt like he was going to go after the younglings after this. It really felt like that. I mean, it... It did. It was. He's nuts. That was a nutty, nuts. Welcome to the show. Nuts, just nuts. I thought it was a joke because I kept seeing these, these images of him on stage. I had a fundraiser event that I went to that evening, and I kept seeing these, these images of, you know, his whatever you want to call it. And I'm like, what in fresh hell is this? Welcome to the show. Happy Monday or Tuesday. It's our Tuesday. It's, it's basically a Monday. It's Tuesday. Welcome to the show. Dana Lash here, your lovable curmudgeon. I feel like uh, we're going to have to call Yoda and see if we can make an alliance with the Wookiees or something. Good grief. I mean, seriously, what in all Sith hell did I just watch? That's what it. That's exactly what it looked like. It looked like this Darth Vader address. And who decided, can I just pause for a moment before we go any further, who in the world thought that that was a good setup? Who? Who 
on the Biden campaign or the Biden presidency or whoever in fresh who decided that that was the way to go with that speech. You know, I have an idea. Let's put him in front of this ginormous, like have a total red backdrop. Yeah, it sounds great. And let's use the Marines as props. Yay, sounds fantastic. That's a great idea. And then he's angry and he's yelling and it's like he didn't have his fiber that day. He just was just real. Who thought that was a great idea? Nobody. Right? Nobody did. So that's, um, that man, that was messed up. That was a messed up address. Messed up speech. He had his hands all fisted up. Like, you know how toddlers when they're mad, they Total red backdrop. Apparently CNN lightened it. Didn't they make it pinkish because they were worried about how red it looked? They so they tried to make it less red. I think Juan's pulling it up right now on the on the first. Golly. But yeah, so about fifteen seconds into this you can see how it's all dark red. Even the red in the flag is red. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they if you're watching the simulcast yeah. of the radio program. Then you can see, up. oh, there it goes, starts lighting. Someone's, someone's screaming oh, in the control room. There it is. Make it lighter. Lighten it up. Someone's screaming in the control room. That's how you know it's bad, man. Gosh, dang. That's just nuts looking. It looks nuts. It looks nuts. He looks nuts. They thought that was a great idea. But, hey, but, uh, you know, he, uh, we learned a new word today. Well, Friday. Audio sound by 10. We all learned a new word. Go ahead and play this. Audio sound by 10,000. There's nothing, nothing we can't do if we do it together. God bless you all, and may God prect our troops. Prect our troops. Prect. Prect our troops. Right? That's how. Prect our troops. And someone ma- not spell it right in the teleprompter? You don't want our troops to be prected? Not really sure what that means, but... Well, just for the record, Kane doesn't want our troops to be prepped. I just think that's a good thing, though, right? Am I, FYI. Am I wrong? Well, you know what? I hope that you're prepped too, Kane. I hope that you're prepped so much prepped. <laughs> Seems like an attack. <laughs> I, <laughs> what was this speech about? What, what was that? You know, the, the night he gave this speech, it was Thursday night. I had a fundraiser that I was at. And uh, it was for the county judge in the county in which I live. And so I had, a, I had a fundraiser that I was doing. And it was weird because I'm in this room with all of these people that are supposed to be terrorists, right? All these voters, these scary voters. The threats to democracy. I don't want to make too much light of it because what he did was a really serious thing. I mean, he's what he did was so unpresidential and so offensive, but... To the point, you know, I'm in this room, I'm speaking to a whole host of uh, moms and dads and college kids and grandparents and, you know, there's, there's black, white, Hispanic, Asian, I, I mean, you know, not that, apparently that matters to the left except when they're conservative. And these were the people that are supposed to be terrorists because they spoke out at school boards and they're supposed to be uh, threats to 
uh, our republic and all of this other nonsense. And these are people I've noticed that Democrats always categorize anything that is a threat to their electoral success as a threat to democracy because they themselves view themselves as democracy in the same way that Fauci views himself as science. And it makes sense because Democrats totally are mob rule. They are the mob. I've, we saw it in 2016, the night of the inauguration. We saw it before then with Occupy. I've seen it myself in cities across America where I've I've been and I've seen so many different so many different protests go into riots because of the violent left. We saw it in our hometown of St. Louis. I mean, we've seen it over and over again. The thing is that you know I'm in this room. And it it was just weird because at the same time, Biden is getting ready to speak and I'm in a room with all of these great people and he's just, it it was a primetime address. I don't think all the networks carried it, correct? Did CNN or MSNBC carry it? Because I don't think cable news did. I think CNN did. Did, I'd be surprised if they hadn't. Well, CNN, I mean, it has their their stuff in the Chiron. I'm just curious as to whether or not everybody took the full, those who did, if they took the full speech or not. Because he didn't get up there and he didn't say, this is what you can expect with gas prices. This is what we're going, hey guys, did you hear OPEC's going to be uh, reducing their output to the, and, and they're, uh, they're going to actually decrease what they're putting on the, the world market. So uh, this is what we're going to be doing you know, here nationally in order to offset that. He didn't talk about any of that. He didn't get into, well, this is what we're going to be doing since Gazprom and Russia have decided to squeeze Europe right ahead of winter for energy. This is what we're going to do to offset that. He didn't talk about anything like that. He didn't talk about what we can do to make ourselves more independent concerning rare earth elements if you're into EVs and all that other stupid nonsense, which I don't care if you are, just don't act like you're, you know, greener because you're not. Uh, Just be honest about it. He didn't get into any of that. This wasn't any kind of address at all whatsoever designed to make people informed about what the administration was doing with regard to policy. This had nothing to do with uh, discussion about the economy or anything. He spit. How long did he speak for? It's like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. He railed on Republicans for the entirety of his speech and decided to crap all over half of America. And what he did is worse than deplorables. It's worse than Obama calling people bitter clingers. They cling to their guns and religion. His direct quote at a fundraiser in in San Francisco, his hoity-toity fundraiser. This is even worse than that because you have the president of the United States literally standing before this, you know, fascist. I mean, this is fascism. He's standing up there declaring that he's democracy and that everything that's an opposes that everything that opposes his ideology is a danger to the republic. That is inexcusable. This was one of the most embarrassing moments in modern political history. There was no purpose to his address except to try to bait Republicans and to and, and because he desperately does not want this to be an election about the issues in which he failed. He wants Republicans to fight over policy. And I'm going to tell you, there are people out there who are like, oh, well, I think it's just there was some some dude who had emailed. And I emailed him message and was like, well, I just think it's kind of, you know, I just think it's kind of uh, weak that, you know, Republicans, that there are people out there saying, don't take the bait. You know, we need to do this head on. And I'm like, how many victories do you have, dude? Because if you're going to have a phallus measuring contest, I'm going to break the table when I put it down. How many victories do you want to have going by your your way of doing things as opposed to mine and other people that have more than one brain cell to rub together? How much you want to do this? How much what kind of measure measuring contest you want to have here? This isn't about looking looking tough. It's about winning. These people who think that if they flex, that that's the same thing as winning. It's not. 
Some of these, and some people on the right are so damn self-involved. This is about winning. You want to win. Winning is a virtue. Anything that gets in the way of that is a distraction. I mean, I have so many, and we're going to be hitting all of these, these headlines today. His whole speech was about distraction. It's all it was. And then he started doing damage control all weekend, all that night, going into Friday, Saturday. He literally tweeted September 1st, 2022, quote, Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans are a threat to the very soul of this country. And then Washington Free Beacon has a video of him with Pete Ducey uh, saying, do you consider all Trump supporters to be a threat in the country? And he's like, well, I don't consider them at all. Listen to this. He's like, I don't consider them to be a threat at all. Do you consider all Trump supporters to be a threat to the country? No, everyone, come on. I don't consider any Trump supporter. I don't consider any Trump supporter to be, but that's literally what you didn't tweet. You literally, he said, I don't consider any Trump supporter a threat to the country. Yet on September 1st of this month, uh, this year, Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans are a threat to the very soul of this country. He's immediate. He's trying to do damage control. He had tweeted it repeatedly. Quote, this is Thursday night. Too much of what's happening in our country is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Over and over and over again, he said this. And then he realized, I, I mean, hopefully he did, but it looked so ridiculous what he said. So ridiculous that they had to go out and now they're desperately trying to do this, whatever it is, this walk back, this damage control. It was embarrassing. Now, the other thing, and we're going to get into this because I think his, he also had a Labor Day speech in Wisconsin where he started it again, went back. He went back. He said that MAGA Republicans are a threat to the country. That was Thursday on Friday evening. No, they're not a threat to the country on Labor Day in Wisconsin. Yes, they're a threat to the country. Back and forth, back and forth. He is President McUnity cheesehead. I don't know what else to say. It's just, just, it's ridiculous. Now, keep this in mind because he also on Labor Day was blasting. We're going to play this here coming up. He was blasting Republicans saying, well, uh, Republicans, you know, if they believed in reducing inflation, they should have voted for the Inflation Reduction Act. Here's the problem. Democrats then should have allowed the Congressional Budgetary Office to actually tell us if the Inflation Reduction Act lowered inflation or not. Remember, they refused to allow that analysis to be released. So you you blame them for not wanting to commit to something that they didn't know? Would you buy a house knowing what would uh, on sight unseen? Would you? No. Would you buy a house sight unseen? No way. Would you buy a car not knowing if it's ever been wrecked, if there's anything wrong with it? Nope. No, you wouldn't. Why in the hell should you spend up to a trillion dollars on something and you don't actually know if it's going to do what it claims to do? Point, point made. We've got this coming up. We're also going to discuss what they're planning for the housing market. They're trying to crash the housing market again like they did in the aughts. I'll explain that. We uh, have a bunch of foreign policy. Also, energy. California power use soars to the highest record in years. California state government saying, please stop with all the electricity usage. 
you know, while we also ban all gas-powered cars and switch entirely to EVs before 2030, we're going to discuss that and so much more. We also have Stephen Yates is going to be joining us because we got uh, we got a whole bunch of stuff with foreign policy, the latest with China. Ammo is expensive and in short supply. Did you know that you can train without ammunition at your home using the Mantis X? All the best shooters in the world do a significant portion of their training with dry fire practice at home. The Mantis X firearms training system is a no ammo, all electronic way to practice and improve your shooting accuracy. It simply attaches to your own firearm like a like a weapon light and you can use it at home or at the range. The Mantis X gives you data-driven real-time feedback on your technique and guides you through drills and courses. 94% of shooters improve within 20 minutes using Mantis X. The Mantis X is used by the Marine Corps, Army, and Special Forces. It's military-grade technology at an affordable price. And the Mantis X can improve your shooting dramatically and it's a must-have for every gun owner. If you believe in your Second Amendment rights, you should also be able to act on your Second Amendment responsibility and be competent and confident in your shooting ability. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Get yours at MantisX.com. That's MantisX.com. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. So NASA, they've been doing these studies to show any kinds of DNA mutations, I guess, in the blood of astronauts. They said that that there's there are signs of it due to space flight, and they have to be monitored. There could be a cancer risk. Could actually be a cancer risk. They said that there are 14 astronauts from NASA's space shuttle program took part in this study, providing whole blood and white blood cell samples that were then frozen. They said, you know, they work in an extreme environment that it could actually kick off these mutations, according to the study co-author. As if you needed a any kind of con going into space. Just saying. This other, I, I'm going to skip to this one because this one kind of does weird me out. A lot of people are saying, well, that's the end of art. An AI-generated picture won a major art prize, and it actually looks ridiculous. It looks amazing. Artists are really not happy. It's the Colorado State Fair's annual art competition. They gave out prizes in all the usual categories. One entrant from Pueblo, West, Colorado, didn't make his entry with a brush. He he created it with Midjourney, an AI program that turns lines of text into hyper-realistic graphics. And it took home the blue ribbon in the fair's contest. And a lot of people are really mad. He goes, I'm not going to apologize for it. I won and I didn't break any rules. So there's a lot of questions as to whether or not art is going to actually be able to remain the same if human creators are using AI-generated imagery. Uh, U.S. says that Russia is buying artillery and ammo from North Korea. And Heinz launches a vintage fashion range featuring real ketchup stains. That's disgusting. Stick with us. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. So get started with just one short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call right now and you'll receive up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Don't wait. Call 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188 or text DANA to 9. 
866-887-1899. Protect your future with American Hartford Gold. 866-887-1188 or text Dana to 998899. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. As I said last week, we remain in the battle for the soul of America. By the way, all right, God love you. Let him go. Let him go. No, 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 no. Don't let him go. Look, everybody's entitled to be an idiot. No, no, everybody's done. He's trying to be, okay. he was trying to be Trump, is what he's doing. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Your lovable little curmudgeon getting you started right on a Tuesday. You know, he's trying to be Trump, but here's the thing. Not everybody, everybody, be yourself because everybody else is already taken. Right? That, like that quote totally is just lives. Here's the problem, though. What? accomplishments does he have to match such an attitude this guy was objecting to to what he was saying i mean and so and, and all he was doing it, it you know it's just pretty much what he did thursday listen audio soundbite 11 this is the one i was talking about that i wanted i wanted to, to, to hit because he was this is you know case in point on this he was going on and on about the Inflation Reduction Act. I almost forgot the name because it actually doesn't do that. He was going on and on about the Inflation Reduction Act. Listen to what how he presents this here. You would think the Republicans really cared about reducing inflation. They'd vote for the Inflation Reduction Act. But every single Republican House and Senate voted against it. Every single Republican in the House and Senate. Now, I admit some of them voted against it. They thought it made sense, but they weren't. They couldn't let Biden, quote, have a victory. Okay, that's not at all what was said. I mean, nobody said that. No one was said they couldn't have Biden. That's so stupid. The, the point was that Democrats did not allow the analysis. They would not allow for the CBO analysis of whether or not it actually reduced the inflation or not to become public before everybody was voting on it. That kind of seems like that's super important. If you're going to make a decision on something like that as as you know, with something as big as that, it seems like you would need to have that analysis. You know, you don't, you don't purchase a home sight unseen without knowing anything that's wrong with it. You don't purchase a vehicle without knowing what is wrong with it. You don't do, I mean, you, that doesn't even, that doesn't even make any good financial d- sense. doesn't make any sense. Why would you, pass this push this thing without knowing whether or not it actually does what it claims to do what you claim that it's going to do and this was he kept he kept hitting that he not only said it he mentioned this kind of thursday night but he also this was his big wisconsin speech but that's the that's the uh what they don't the omission the lie by omission he also there were a few other things that he let me pull this up because we have so much audio from him. Oh my gosh, I got to play this for you as we we're gonna because we're gonna segue into some energy stuff. Listen to this audio summary for this is why Biden believes that inflation is so high. Listen. By the way, the reason why last time out last year inflation was so high, you know the biggest reason: cost of automobiles. You know why they cost so much? 
that didn't have the computer chips to make the automobiles. Is that what he thinks? Um, I have a lot of questions. Really, though? Because it doesn't... I think it's a lot more than that. And, when I mean, we could also ask, well, why were the chips so difficult to make in the first place? That I just... I think I tweet, retweeted that over one of the rare instances that I was online over the weekend. Just with what? Or something. Or I can't even remember what I said. It's... It is... It's ridiculous. It is... So, that is not why. And also, nobody can afford... Nobody can afford anything. They can't... Why, why are we even talking about cars? Can't afford them. His... Labor Day speech, his Wisconsin speeches, uh, he was in, what is he, outside of Milwaukee, um, his speech on Thursday, there is something that is really problematic within the nation. It's not anything that he's saying, because people have always voted differently. He tries to act like there's this some some threat and he won't actually articulate it. There's some sort of, you know, authoritarian whatever threat. And he is standing with the republic against it. Isn't he also the guy who said that the executive branch essentially with this stuff and the college loan stuff says that the executive branch can just basically print however much money that it wants to and appropriate however much of taxpayer dollars that it wants to and transfer debt from the people who are whether or not who are in not only Joe Biden's White House staff, but who also vote for him and just transfer those people's debt to everybody else. Isn't that the guy who just did that last week without any kind of constitutional authority to do so? If you want to have a discussion as to what is violating the norms and the processes of our republic, He's, this is just demagoguery. It is just demagoguery. Biden says, he goes, this is what is true. He said this, this was a verbatim from his speech. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. I got to stop because, Kane, what did we play last week? Oh gosh, you have to that. No, no, no. Yeah, no, no, no. What did we play with respect to what I just said last week? How he says it's MAGA Republicans that don't recognize the results of a free uh, free election. Oh, we played several minutes of Democrats in 2016, even before then, but Democrats in 2016 questioning the legitimacy of that election. We had seven minutes of audio where we questioned, where we played Democrats questioning the results of, not well, they didn't just question the results of 2016, they denied the results of 2016. It went even beyond questioning the results. But that wasn't, that, was that not considered to be a threat to rules and norm, a threat to, I just, it's funny. There was a, uh, some sort of, I'm pulling this up, there was some sort of survey that came out it was a piece. It was 538. They had a survey. And they said, oh, we use news reports and debate footage and campaign materials, blah, 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 blah. More than one in two Americans will have an election denier on the ballot this fall. What gets me is that the people that denied 2016, all the Democrats that went on record denying that 2016 resulted in a win for Trump, all people like Stacey Abrams who insisted that they won an election, those people, according to 538's, measure and definitions don't count as election deniers 
So their survey isn't even really a survey. It's just a competition of word definitions. I mean, I, I, you know, his speech and then the things that he's accusing the right of doing, the right, here's the thing, the right wasn't saying, I mean, I'm sure some people believe that. Trump even said that he lost the election. So I don't know what they're getting. I'm trying to figure, I don't understand their point. I mean, he even said that he didn't win the election. I mean, he said it verbatim. There's there's mi- millions of quotations and there's there's audio of it because he had given a sp- uh, one of his speeches where he talked about it. I mean, come on. But there was this um, two things. I have it a shot and chaser on my rundown. There was an MSNBC guest and I know Roland Martin. I used to do election coverage at Roland Martin when I was the, with Roland Martin when I was the token conservative at CNN. And Roland was like really nice then. And then when he got when he needed to sort of like bolster his his I don't want to play his I don't want to play his dumbness on my airways. I know Kane's like, well, we got it. I know. But he goes, oh, we're at war with these people. These actually go ahead and play it. Go ahead and play it. Because I'm because I think I may fight with him. I'm done with this. Crap. This means war. That is where we are. We are at war with these people. These folks are evil. They have allowed evil into their house with Donald Trump. He has now dominated the party. This evil is spreading. And when you are in a war footing, you have to respond accordingly. That's so stupid. Roland Martin couldn't couldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight. Come on. He fo- I don't follow him. He follows me. We used to do CNN stuff together and it's it's so dumb it, well there where these people are evil you think that people are evil man i sit next to you i sit next to you i share my snacks with you you fool i share my election night snacks with you when we when we did election coverage going into like 3 a.m because some woman in in iowa or pencil i can't remember left a bunch of ballots in her trunk and it became a story overnight we were sitting there on that stage in atlanta up until like two, I had a flight at 6 a.m. I literally didn't sleep. I went home. I, I flew back to from Atlanta to, that's when I lived in St. Louis, back to St. Louis. I literally just had time to change and I went into the studio. I hadn't even showered nothing. I sat next to him and I shared some of my beef jerky with him. He could sit here and be t- saying every, that everybody who votes differently from him is evil. We're at war with these people. This is stupid language from stupid people. It is stupid. MSNBC, I don't know how anybody watches this Victorian freak show. I can't. I cannot. I can't deal with, with MSNBC and seeing it. I can't do it, especially MSNBC. I mean, Republicans are the biggest threat to democracy. Anybody who doesn't vote like us are the biggest threat to democracy. And then, what's here's the chaser. There was a uh, story that came out. It was a survey done from, with CBS said 64% of Americans fear political violence will increase. Both parties see the other side as enemies, and the majority believe democracy is eroding, new poll shows. In January 2021, 51% feared an increase in political violence, and they said it's actually increased now. They said, on Saturday, Donald Trump called Joe Biden an enemy of the state, but make sure you don't at all say what Biden said. I don't even think, I think Biden, his brain is too addled to even be considered an enemy of the state. This is just this is just dumb. It's stupid. But you have you know when you have the president of the United States with his Sith Lord background standing up there talking about how the younglings are just, you know, a threat to the republic whatever, and you're shocked that 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 people are going to perceive the 
chance of, of for political violence is, is increasing because of this kind of rhetoric. I don't believe words are violence, but I do believe that stupid people will think, oh, maybe I should do something about it if if they're actually if their policies are actually killing people. I mean, think about it. If you really believe that Trump was Hitler, wouldn't you try to think about it? You see how some people get it in their heads? I mean, everybody's responsible for their own actions, but I do think that Democrats and media are working together to gaslight you into thinking that we live in some sort of political hellscape. They, there is a definite, a definite purpose. They, I do, th- I think sometimes I think that the media wants political violence. In fact, and by sometimes, I mean 99% of the time. They, I've criticized them so much, they can't stand me. But I really, I believe this. I don't think that you report things like this, and I don't think that you lead things up to this point without having this, like, end goal in mind. Oh, then we can report on what happens. After, after they, they smear people and get people canceled and all of this stuff, no one stopped at all whatsoever to ask Joe Biden, who was it that made those decisions about the, uh, the setup? Who is it that made those decisions about what you said on Labor Day? Why do you go back and forth? He, fla- he went back and forth. Thursday, uh, Republicans were terrorists and a threat to the republic. Uh, then he said Friday, oh, no, I don't believe that they are. And then he said again Monday, oh, yeah, wait a minute, they are. Back and forth, back and forth. Damage control. Meanwhile, this is what's coming. Let me share this with you. Bank of America is launching a zero down payment, zero closing cost mortgage product to help members of minority communities buy their first homes. Eligibility is based on income and home location. No minimum credit score or mortgage insurance is required. What? No mortgage insurance? <laughs> so... I've got a lot of questions because I've seen this before. Kane, I saw this first. Yeah. I, I don't need the sequel. I saw this. You remember when oh, we do. saw this movie came out? I do. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I even did home mortgages back in the day, 2002 to 2006. Um, the, that was a time where everyone could, they had what was called Nina loans, no income, no asset loan. You could literally walk in with just a credit score and get 100%. Now you don't even need loan. that. It's crazy. And, and what did that do to the housing market? And the, ca- and the oh, one requirement boy. was that you at least have a credit score. What, was, what did that do to the housing well, market? Well, it led what to the 2008 crash. And the housing market was a big part of that. Hmm. Housing market was a huge part of it. Fannie and Freddie. Everybody remembers that. This is shaping up to be worse. Never run out of coffee by joining the club with Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee Company was built upon the mission to serve coffee and culture to people who love America. As a veteran-owned company, Black Rifle Coffee Company delivers on that promise by developing explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus learned as members of the military, and they're committed to supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders. When you join the coffee club, you select your perfect roast, how much coffee you want, and how often you want it delivered, and it's all shipped right to your door for free. Not only do you save a trip to the store, but you also receive special discounted pricing. You gain access to exclusive products and partner brand discounts. Not sure what roast is best for you? Take the Black Rifle Coffee Quiz and get matched to the perfect coffee roast. 
and then join the club. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana to save 20% off your purchase in your first coffee club order. That's 20% off with promo code Dana at BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. Fuel your life with America's coffee. Black Rifle Coffee. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. The grid's going to be ready for all this? The grid's got to be ready. We have to basically double the size of the nation's electric grid with clean energy. Jennifer Granholm, we've got to double double the size of the nation's grid with grain on our jar. How is that going to work? Welcome back to the show. I'm just noticed as I go throughout the show, like I started, I started my day like, yeah, yeah. Now I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm back to Daria level. Okay. I started with all the hope in the world. Now I'm all la, 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 back. That's a dumb, that's a dumb quote. How yeah. is electricity produced on most of the grid? If you, if you were to ask that question, coal powered plants, Ooh. over 86% of it. So we got to double that. Mm. Sounds so green. Sounds so green. No, Kane, you just, you don't understand it. We are going to keep the pollution in China. Oh, you are? No, I'm not. They oh, are. Oh, they are. I was going to say. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know deal how you're with that. Do Wizardry. That. Well, because there's apparently uh, a force field in the Pacific. Oh. I mean, you know, it, why not? You, uh, you have kaiju out there. Why not have a, an invisible force field in the Pacific that keeps all the pollution over there so we don't see it? So it doesn't count. It's like calories on holidays. They don't count. Yeah, doesn't it? Sounds great. That's how that works. I got to just, I have to interject completely apropos of nothing. Whoever is dressing Chris Pine for the Venice Film Festival, I say this somewhat facetiously, if an asteroid hit them and turned them into dust, I wouldn't cry because I've never seen anyone take a man who is not ugly and try to make him as ugly as possible as Chris Pine's stylist hates him, hates him to death. Just look it up while we're on break. We're going to rejoin here in just a few minutes. Stick with us. we got a lot more in store. i got Wokery. Wait until you wait until you get the latest. i got some more Predator slash Groomer video. Oh, boy. Stick with us. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super Beats Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off tart cherry gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com slash Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off tart cherry gummies. Buytartcherry.com slash Dana. And now America must choose to move forward or to move backwards, to build a future or obsess about the past, to be a nation of hope and unity and optimism or a nation of fear division and of darkness MAGA republicans have made their oh choice oh my gosh i'm so done they embrace anger they thrive on chaos 
They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. Who wrote this? <laughs> Speech provided by Anakin Skywalker. Welcome back to a very Daria-esque show. Dana Lash here with you, your lovable curmudgeon. Sorry, your hateful lover of chaos. So dumb. This was at his uh, Sith Lord speech there in Philly. Did he come out to the uh, Darth Vader stuff? Would have been appropriate. So appropriate. I just, I cannot get over the fact that nobody stopped and thought, you know what, let's look at this camera shot for a sec. We got the Marines used as props. It looks like you're in hell. And this is bad, man. It looks like uh, Lenny Riefenstahl was reanimated and brought up from the pit of hell and set up this whole shot for you. So could, we got to have, we got, we got, we got to alter this. Nobody stopped to do that. Not a single person. Yeah, it was so bad. CNN was trying to light it up and they made our, our colors pink, blue, and purple. Or pink, pink, white, and purple. It's just weird. Very angry speech. There's something ironic about a person who's perpetually angry. Yelled, accusing everybody else of being angry. angry. Very, I mean, it, it just, and it went on through the weekend. It went on through Labor Day. Anything to not talk about how horrible his policies are. Anything to not talk about how horrible the economy is. Anything to not, anything to not talk about any of it. Yeah, he already probably forgot about this speech. Somebody's going to have to remind him. Yeah. They'll have to remind him. So I have for you, I got a couple of other things that I want to hit. Here's the other thing. Here's the other point about this. I'm going to play audio somebody three because this is the overall point. This is Corinne Jean-Pierre on Friday. He, they keep saying that there's a threat to democracy, a threat to this, a threat to that. And the only way that that makes sense if they, like Fauci, believe he was science, if they themselves believe they are democracy, which I should add, is just a process by which we determine things within the constraints of our republic. Listen to Corinne Jean-Pierre here, audio, somebody 355,000. And again, we see majority of Americans who disagree. And so when you are not with where majority of Americans are, then, you know, that is extreme. That is an extreme way of thinking. Oh, what? That's not how it works, though. It's an extreme way of thinking. Uh, you, have, you have to agree with the majority or you are extreme. That's the very definition of mob rule, which our founders hated. They reviled mob rule. Mob rule was two wolves and a, and a sheep determining what they were all going to eat for dinner. That's mob rule. They loathed mob rule, which is why we are in a republic with democratic processes by which we determine how we're going to administer our certain things within our government. Her statement that you have to agree with the majority or you are extreme is a tenet of fascism. If you wanted a working definition, practical application in real time, that's it. What makes them think that they're the majority? It's a 50-50 Senate. They're going to lose the House. Joe Biden barely eked by this election. What makes you think that there's a majority of anything? Look at the polls. Definitely not majority approve of him. So if you agree, I mean, to go by what she's saying, to agree with the majority means to oppose his economic offenses. It means to oppose the student loan, which I got some stuff on that uh, for you coming up. I mean, that's that you they can't claim that they are the majority. Agree with them or you're extreme. Agree with them or what? You're going to tag us as terrorists and track us through FBI. What does that mean? That's what you've been doing to parents at school boards. What does that mean? 
<sighs> I want to play this. This actually just came from her. She was asked at this presser, at the press avail, she was asked whether or not by Pete Ducey, if we're all in agreement, you know, if, if, about the election, because everyone says, oh, well, they, you know, if you deny that 2020 election was legitimate, then you're extreme. Well, what about 2016? That's exactly what she was asked. This is how it went. I agree. A follow-up about the MAGA Republican attention. So if we're all in agreement that it is incorrect to say the 2020 election was stolen, what about the 2016 election? Look, I'm not going to go back to where we were or what happened in 2016. We're going to focus on the here and now. We're going to focus on what's happening today, uh, this inflection point that the president pointed out uh, very clearly, very decisively uh, in, in a few speeches about what the country needs to do at this time to bring the country together. And he believes that's where majority of Americans are when it comes to protecting our democracy, when what? it comes to protecting our rights, and when it comes to protecting our freedoms. I mean, she actually tweeted that the election was stolen back on December 17th of 2016. She tweeted that. She said stolen election. December 17, 2016. She said the election was stolen and that Trump was not the legitimate president. That was those were her words. 8:25 p.m. December 17th, 2016. We're going to focus on the here and now. No, 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 but in the here and now, you're saying that everyone who questions Joe Biden and whether or not he even received that many votes, that they are somehow an American, that they are a threat to the republic. So by that measure that you have created, were you yourself not also considered a threat to the republic in extreme in 2016? When you did far more than a lot of people, a lot of people were questioning the validity of ballots in certain areas that had suspended basic things like signature matching and date and time and date stamps on ballots submitted. You legit said all in all that the 2016 election was in, was not valid. And that it was stolen. Her words verbatim that she not only thought, but she typed out and then hit send tweet. You can't have it both ways. Not at all. You can't have it both ways. I'm not going to go back to where we were or what happened in 2016. Because she, because she believes that it, she believes that, that it was stolen. She believes verbatim that it was stolen. Is why. That's why. Just wild. I have that screenshot too of her tweet, of her uh, original, her original tweet, back in December seventeenth of twenty sixteen. I want to switch it up and get into some of this gender stuff. I want to share this tweet with you. This came out. I saw this this morning. This had to do with Lurie Children's Hospital of Chicago. From Chris Rufo, they published a gender conversation. Featuring a 13-year-old trans kid arguing that kids are never too young to learn about sexual transition. Now, if you are listening through a through, you know, on radio, one of our you know affiliates across the country, you're not going to see the video. And I'll describe it to you really quickly uh, that people watching the simulcast of the nationally syndicated radio show see the 13-year-old in question is in a bra a short skirt, and fishnet uh, tights. Now, they're talking to this, I don't know, I guess this is a medical professional, doctor, I don't know. It's a bra or a cutout dress, looks like just a bra. But they're dressed in lingerie and fishnets. 
dressed like a prostitute. Listen to this just excerpt of this weird conversation. This is some grimmer stuff. If we don't have it, do we not have this? I don't think so. I don't think we have the audio of it. We have the video. The, we need, well, we need to get the audio of it. Because this is, this is I'm going to see if I can play it. This is, I mean, we got to play this. This is crazy. Listen to this. If we can. May not be wanting to play now. Which I probably can't. Um, otherwise, I'll have to move on because there's no point in talking about it. Uh, we'll play it from here. The play it. Something that um, probably should be explained I think to a lot of people is you're like you're never like too young to know about this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it's something that people should be taught, like especially at a young age, because it's easier to learn that way, and that way it's something you've always known. And I feel like a lot of people think that oh, my kids are gonna be around trans people, they're gonna wanna be just like them. Well, maybe maybe it's like a good thing for people who don't know that they're trans to be around trans people so they can get that advice, they can help understand themselves better. And I feel like it's a good thing for just people to like, they don't just, just for them to know about this stuff because it spreads awareness. Spreads awareness. Again, I just want to describe for you, this is a 13-year-old sitting in uh, a bra and a short skirt wearing fishnets. Now, in the, it, previously, the left, remember how they used to react over like Hooters waitresses? And they would even get upset over strippers and all this stuff. Any, they would near riot over hypersexualized women. And they claim that, oh, it's just a, they, they, the reason they got mad about it and, and mad about the appearance of women who dress like that is because I think it was really jealousy. But also, I think it was also, a, they, they said it was a stereotype of patriarchal tastes, that the only reason the women were dressing like that was to please men, and that's sexist. And thus, it was degrading. But now, you have adults with baggage. They're dressing kids like prostitutes. This is the left. Adult leftists are, pre- are dressing kids like prostitutes while degrading women as imitable only by these stereotypical representations. So everything that the left claimed was so offensive and sexist previously, if women did it, is now used as the visual measure by which to judge whether or not someone is transitioned or if they can transition if they're a male and they want to represent as female you need to adopt and and wear essentially all of these characteristics that they for decades said was a sexist representation of the patriarchy if worn or demonstrated or represented by women does that make sense it's the same thing like how you have uh, today, tomboys or, you know, girls who like the color blue or boys who like, you know, maybe they think pink's not a bad color. Yet, they use, if, if a woman were to like pink or if a, a mother were to get her daughter pink stuff, remember how they went through this thing where princesses are so bad, I'm so glad she doesn't want to be a Disney princess, I'm so glad she doesn't want to be a princess for Halloween. Do you, do you remember how that, when did that sentiment start coming up? You know it exists, right? Isn't that like an often expressed sentiment that you hear over and over again in pop culture? 
Oh, I don't like pink. I don't like this. I mean, I even hear it sometimes in the gun community. Oh, I don't want to pink this or that. I'm like, why? Why not? And it's used to be to say, oh, well, it's so stereotypical, stereotypical representation or appeal to women. But yet the left, this is the left that says it. But then the left will immediately adopt that. Oh, my gosh, a boy likes that color must mean he wants a vagina. We're going to use these basic optics, these are these basic visuals uh, or these characteristics to decide whether or not we can entirely overhaul someone's gender because of this stuff that we said was sexist when it was applied only to women. It's the dumbest thing. It is. It's it's a completely illogical stance. It has there's no logic in it at all whatsoever. And yet that's what this is groomer. The stuff that I saw in the video, that's groomer stuff. The woman who is sitting there across from a 13-year-old who's dressed in fishnets and a bra, that is ridiculous exploitation of a child. That makes you a predator. You're a groomer. If you don't want to be called a predator or a groomer, then don't act like a predator or a groomer. Oh my gosh, these adults with their baggage. What, there's not enough people out there for you? You got to sexualize kids too? Man, it's messed up. Millions of Americans are waking up to a country they don't recognize. And while they struggle to raise their families and pay the bills, the media and corporations are telling them that they're what's wrong with the country. Thankfully, there are some companies that still believe in America and our Constitution. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative cell phone company, is on the front lines fighting for the sanctity of life, religious freedom, and the Second Amendment. And this is why Patriot Mobile is different from every other provider out there. Inflation has made it really hard on many Americans. And thankfully, Patriot Mobile has plans for almost any budget and they offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers. Get the same great service plus the knowledge that your money is supporting the values that made America great and will again. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Use offer code Dana to get free activation and special discounts are available for veterans and first responders. Join the movement and make the switch today. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Well, 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 Gavin Newsom's in-laws, they fled to Florida as California shut down at the start of a pand- of the pandemic. And they bought a three and a- 3.3 million home in Naples, $3.3 million home in Naples, Florida. Kenneth and Judith Siebel, they swapped California for Florida in March of 2020. Isn't that interesting? They didn't even want to stay in the state where their son-in-law is the governor. Fascinating. They just wanted to get out. I mean, what else are you going to leave California for Florida for? I mean, let's be real. Come on. FedEx. This is kind of crazy. The ground delivery network is on the brink of collapse because rising costs have pushed contractors to bankruptcy. Uh, There's an owner of a delivery truck fleet that's warned that FedEx, they don't employ drivers for its ground operation. They rely on contractors. And they said those are usually, you know, small operations that have tight profit margins. And they said that they uh, severed links with one contractor. They had 275 trucks across 10, sa- 10 states saying that, that he was saying that the, the network is in far more peril than what anyone else realizes. I was reading a headline, too, that UPS might be striking. I'll have we'll talk about that here coming up. Uh, also, a few other things. This is a stolen voting machine. This is kind of crazy. Stolen voting machine from 2020 election sold on Goodwill website eBay. What? Sold on, It's apparently it's for sale on eBay. I don't know why they say Goodwill website. Oh, it's on the Goodwill website and eBay. It's in Lansing, Michigan. People are trying to figure out how a voting machine that went missing ended up on those sites. They were selling it. 
That's kind of crazy. Wow. So they're investigating that, understandably. And Ben Stiller and Sean Penn are now no longer welcome in Russia for some reason. Uh, Stick with us. California Congressman Daryl Issa joins me to stress how many lives are being destroyed by the fentanyl pouring across our border. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, Issa also explains how China is killing Americans with fentanyl and making tons of money in the process. I'll also share how Border Patrol Chief Raul Ortiz told the plain truth about Biden's dereliction of duty at the border. Don't miss it. Follow the Sarah Carter Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you're stuck discussing politics with your friends, who's the most informed person in the group? Yep, you are. You're welcome. Listen, follow, subscribe. The Dana Show. The new attention on the MAGA Republicans. You tweeted in 2016 Trump stole an election. I was waiting, Peter, when you were going to ask me that question. Well, why are you surprised? Why is she surprised? Of course he would. You tweeted Brian Kemp stole an election. If denying election results is extreme now. Yeah. So let's let's be really clear that okay, that comparison that you made is just ridiculous. I have How been I have ridiculous. been well. You're asking me you're asking me a question. Yes. Let me answer it. And you said it's ridiculous. I was I was talking specifically at that time of what was happening with voting rights and the what was in danger of voting rights. That's what I was speaking to at the time. I mean, I know exactly what Corinne Jean Pierre was speaking about at the time because she she tweeted it. Well, she said stolen election unprecedented like p-r-e-s-i-d-e-n-t-e-d trump she was saying that he was not president and that it was a stolen election welcome back to the program dana lash with you this tuesday afternoon middle of our bottom of our second hour we knew we know exactly what she's talking about because we have the tweet she said stolen email stolen drone stolen election welcome to the world of unprecedented trump She's talking, she doesn't believe that he's president. She thought it was a stolen election. Her answer was garbage. I was wondering when this was going to come up. Really, you were wondering when? It's the smartest thing she said so far in her job. Golly. I, I, <laughs> you know, this tweet that she had, it's, that if this that was a Republican, if that was a you know, if that was Sarah Huckabee that had tweeted that, oh my gosh, Sarah Huckabee would have not not gotten the end of it. She would have just it would have been nonstop. But when you're a Democrat, you get that pass. You get a pass. So this whole thing, it's is a double. It's a, it's it's two it's a double standard. Just like you have two tiers of justice, you have two tiers of what is or what isn't acceptable. Good heavens! Now, with the FBI and everything else, I'm so glad that in the IRS, I'm so glad we're giving the IRS more of our money. Listen to this: Wall Street Journal, IRS says it exposed some confidential taxpayer data on their website. Oops. Oops. This was a, another oops because remember it was just when when was this they did. Uh, last year they had leaked the tax information of a bunch of rich people like Elon Musk and others because they wanted to uh, they were trying to shame people into voting Biden's tax hike 
And now here it's again. Here it is again. The data it's from a 990. People with in, individual retirement accounts who earn certain types of business out, uh, income with those retirement plans. People who have, if you have IRAs that have uh, limited partnerships, real estates, or other uh, asset generating income, things like that. So they included the names, the contact information. It didn't include social security numbers, but it did include a lot of other stuff. Huh. Look at that. Remember when ProPublica ProPublica published all of that tax data? And so far, no one knows where. That's a crime. Someone in the IRS leaked it. And ProPublica published all of it last year. And no one's ever found out who did it, Kane. Just like no one knows who leaked that stuff from the from the Supreme Court. No one knows. They just can't find it. They just can't find it. Amazing. Wonder how the why. They have no interest in finding it. It's a double it's two tier. It's a two tier system. It's a two tier system. Now there are new details in the Hunter Biden thing. The ex one of the ex FBI agents role in suppressing the investigation into this this is a real thing they still how i just is anyone else just infuriated to the point where you almost just don't even care about anything i'll be honest with you i feel like that how long have we been talking about this legitimate and very real story you have the federal government that wants you to be worried about how much you sell on what what you sell on ebay and whether or not it goes over six hundred dollars but they, they can't do what we pay them to do. The tax dollars that we give them, they can't investigate criminal conflicts of interest like this. They can't investigate whether or not the president's son, who lied on a 4473, who threw a gun across in a trash can legit across the street from a school, which may or may not violate a federal law, which would make it another felony uh, about guns and the Gun-Free School Zones Act, which passed in 1990. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff here. We, we, can't, we can't ask whether or not that there are any kind of uh, associations between the Biden family, which we know that there are uh, many, uh, but whether or not those associations within the Biden family and, and their business dealings in China and elsewhere actually present a conflict of interest as it relates to the Green New Deal. We can't ask whether or not they're enriching themselves through this. They can't be bothered to investigate it in PR that gets our, our tax dollars. They, they were saying that this isn't a real story and it's not worth the trouble of, of looking into it. You have the, the, these federal agencies that have raided journalist homes because of his uh, drug-addled, skanky daughter who left a journal of showering with her dad in the mattress of a flop house. I can say this because she's a grown-ass woman who's my age, and I think it's ridiculous when you're a grown-ass woman who's my age and you're in a flop house talking about how you showered naked with your dad and you leave the journal on your mattress. It's weird. But we can't ask questions about that. We can't tell. We got to funk. No, we've got to make sure if you sell something on eBay and if it's over $600, you better pay your due. What am I getting for my payments? Because if I were in a restaurant and I would, had gotten, I received this type of service, I would have demanded immediately to get a full refund and I wouldn't be going back. Where's, what's the return on our investment here? A corrupt government growing ever more corrupt that's weaponized its abuses to target people that it views politically inferior. Whether it's through a FISA court, whether it's through IRS or FBI. 
What are we getting for the return on our investment here in this government? The FBI targeting parents who pay tax dollars as domestic terrorists because they're asking what their tax dollars are being used for as it relates to their kids and their academic content. Speaking out at school board meetings, as is the process. But because it's wrong speech, they're targeted. What are we getting for the return of our tax dollars? The president of the United States standing in front of uh, uh, in front of the infamous Independence Hall in Philadelphia with a red, you know, gobbles this background and 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 at Reifenstahl's background and and screaming about MAGA Republicans and MAGA this and MAGA that. I mean, what are we getting in the return for our tax dollars here? That some cheap division demagoguery. Yeah, they said that there was all this evidence apparently about that one guy, Tony Bobulinski. He was the friend of Hunter Biden and the family. And he had all this evidence about all the corruption. And apparently his evidence disappeared. Interesting. The FBI's had this laptop since 2019. Nobody's talked about it. Nobody's talked about Joe Biden's role in his dealings, only conservative entities because they want, and I don't care if it's politically driven or not, if you had any kind of, you know, actual character or integrity, all these other people would be asking about this too. If this was Donald Trump Jr., you would be asking about this. I, it, it's, and, and they try to act like Bob Alinsky was a nut. He's a decorated retired naval officer. He has top, he has top, Secure, top secret security clearances with uh, NSA and the Department of Energy, etc. 79% believe that the election would have gone differently had people actually known about the contents of said laptop. Is it a free and fair election? If you're, here's the thing, I'm going to throw the whole questions about voting on to the side for a moment. What is the purpose of the press? To what? inform Americans about what? Our government. About our government issues, about policies that affect our lives. The press is not supposed to side. They're not supposed to side with the government. They are supposed to be the watchful eye for and the voice of the people. Now, maybe it was all a lie. Maybe it was, you know, in the very beginning when the press was created, it was a bunch of people who had the money to run these presses to talk smack about all of their political opponents, and that's fine. But there's one thing that they did kind of have a basic unity on. By and large, most of them opposed the Crown's offenses. But is it a free and fair election when the vast majority of media outlets band together whether by design or just because they're so politically biased that they just have that, you know, collective universal reaction and they work in unintended harmony. And they decided to suppress very important information that polls have discovered after serving thousands of Americans would have altered people's perceptions, not just of the candidates, but of the issues and maybe would have altered the outcome of the election. Is it a free and fair election when information like that's being suppressed? And since, you know, the president now likes to talk about fascism, how is that not fascist? I mean, that's my big question. 
I don't think that you even have to bring up voting to talk about how free and fair elections are being suppressed. You just have to point to the media who refuse to do their due diligence, who actually are violating their their constitutional actions their, their, or the free press as it as they're enshrined in the Constitution. They're not acting like a free press. They're acting as agents of the state. I was thinking about this over the weekend. Like, is it really a free and fair election? When you have the press that's doing everything possible to undermine it? I think it's a legitimate question. And we, how long have we been talking about this laptop story? Forever. Almost, I'm, so, I'm, I'm like sick of talking about it. But yet, look at how the needle hasn't moved at all. Are there any investigations? No. You have agents coming out and telling members of the House and Senate, hey, look, there's some serious shenanigans happening here. This is not how we're supposed to work. We know all of the offenses that have been carried out by numerous agents, whether it's Peter Strzok or Lisa Page, James Comey himself, Moore, Andy McCabe. But they've all found themselves in cushy retirements or with plum jobs as contributors on MSNBC. Meanwhile, we're, we're, we're told that we are violent if we criticize abuse of FBI authority for political targeting. This administration who had the audacity to treat parents that way, it's who went to school board meetings. This, is, this administration who had the audacity to get wiretaps and surveil on private American citizens because of their political allegiances. This administration who had their surrogates actually edit CIA emails to exclude exonerating information. Like, for instance, with Carter Page, he wasn't an asset. He wasn't a Russian asset. He was a CIA asset against Russia to remove that in order to create some kind of probable cause to get us to spy on him from get a warrant from FISA from this administration. And we're to believe the lectures and the admonishment of this of this administration in front of the red lit Independence Hall. Are you kidding me? It looked like Independence Hall was on fire. It looked like it did not have the intended effect that he wanted. And he has the audacity to point the accusatory finger at everybody else. Meanwhile, the electric grid is failing in California. Europe is going to get riled over energy cutoffs. Nord Stream pipeline has been shut down to Europe. Gas prices are about to skyrocket because OPEC is going to reduce output. But yet, this is where Biden's focus is. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. (laughs) It's time for Florida Man. Callie, I've got a million things here. Uh, Let's start with this. This is uh, from... Macon, I got two sources for this, and also the, the Telegraph. So a man and woman from Port Ritchie, Florida, were traveling in an SUV. It was apparently speeding up the interstate. They were pulled over by a sheriff's deputy. Wee hours of August 4th, their Honda Pilot was going 95, mile, 95 miles per hour. When the deputy stopped them, he caught wind of an overmel- overwhelming smell of burned marijuana. And then they found a, quote, small bag of white crack-like substance. 
the guy asked the de- or the deputy asked the guy who was 28 years old what it was, and the reply was, "Man, I don't even know." And then he apparently thought better of continuing the charade. He goes, yeah, it's cocaine. And he was arrested. They didn't give the names. They just gave ages. So there were 28 and 26, the woman, I think, respectively. So they're, yeah, he's like, he finally decided better lying. Uh, this man in Gainesville, Florida, threatened store employees with a machete. He is behind bars. He went into Walmart with a machete. Devon Jordan, 26, arrested at the Walmart on, in, at, I don't know where, I don't care where it is. It's Florida. Uh, it was at Walmart. He was arrested. I don't know why. He grabbed a machete from a shopping cart. Wait, he, there was just a machete there? Like he walked in? The wait, see, this is how the story goes. It says that he was yelling inside the store, prompting employees to ask him to leave. He refused. Employees called the authorities. They tried to escort him outside. Then he grabbed a machete from a shopping cart. Somebody just had a machete in a shopping cart? I mean, it's been, I know they got some blades at like the Super Walmart, right? Do they got blades at all of them? Yeah, they sell them there in the uh, camping I area. only was by a Super Walmart. I had not been into a regular Walmart in forever. I don't know when's the last time I've been in a regular Walmart. I did, did they have all that fun stuff too? I imagine. Any, I, I mean, I know there's a bigger story here, but I was like, wait a minute, you mean the regular ones got machetes too? <laughs> so he threatened employees with it. Police arrived, they char- but they charged him for armed trespassing. He was on his way. Can you, even if he's on his way and he grabs a machete on his way out, does that still stick? That's interesting. Stick with us. Third hour on the way. Do you think what California is doing could or should be a national model? Could be, could be. I mean, you know, I know every state is different and you always have to respect what the states are doing. But uh, I do think that once people, I mean, California has gotten more used to electric vehicles uh, and we have to bring down the price of electric vehicles so that everybody can access them. And this is why it's uh, great that there's a $4,000 tax credit, for example, on used electric vehicles that has just been adopted through the Inflation Reduction Great. That's Jennifer Granholm, the Energy Secretary. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Third hour of our show post-Labor Day this Tuesday. We have Stephen Yates who's going to be joining us in a little bit. This energy, this the, you hear Jennifer Granholm telling everyone, oh, well, California, you know, it's just really... Really, you know, it's just really set the bar. I mean, it's a model for the rest of the country. Is it, though? Did you hear what uh, they asked? They they did. Over, you hear what happened over the weekend? Here. I got two head- headlines for you. Let me pull these, <laughs> pull these up. Number one. First one. California avoids blackouts with bigger tests as heat looms. They've been telling people to reduce their power consumption. Because there is so, there's such a problem with the usage of electricity and their grid. You know, I guess apparently increasing the the grid's ability or anything like that, I guess that's not was never a thing. They declared a grid emergency and they've urged consumers to cut their electricity usage to avoid those blackouts. They said that they had uh they, I mean they literally narrowly implemented or narrowly avoided implementing rotating outages on on yesterday. They said today will be a bigger test. It'll be a bigger test. They said the state has, their electricity use has soared to its highest level in five years. Power demands, they're telling everyone just, you know, be very careful. Let's reduce our power consumption. Let's reduce how much stress we're putting on the grid. Kane, how do electric vehicles get their power? 
from coal-fired plants? No, 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 no. Just like let's skip that step. Like right to the end. Where do they? And well, it's like you're at home. Oh, because what's the E in EV? Yeah, it's electric. Oh. So if he's if people can't even if the grid can't even handle just homes right now, what do they think when they start adding all these electric cars to the grid? That seems problematic. But wait, Kane, they want to ban all gas-powered vehicles by 2030, though. Oh, that's, uh, That'll work out great. How, how's that going to work? Because then everybody would have EVs, essentially, right? Yeah, and they would probably have to be limited on where they would drive and, and but, how and, they would and use it. In the summer, when it's super hot in California, because it's California, yeah. that, that would mean, would they be limited mm-hmm. in how they could charge their vehicles anyone that has ever used Hmm. an ev knows that if you end up using the air conditioner or the heater in an electric vehicle it severely reduces the amount of what really yeah like that much faster if you have to use an ac or a heater in an electric vehicle it pulls from the overall electric bank in the batteries and that shortens the amount of actual distance you can travel i hate everything look i I am going to say this again. My husband and I will not stop. This is don't ask us this. If you ever see us out in public, do not even bring up electric vehicles because we'll be on cops. <sighs> I would agree with him, but then we'd both be wrong. I mean, I'm fine with gadgets. Stop telling me that you think that electric is. He doesn't think that they're going to be more environmental. He just think that he thinks they make sense. And I'm like, no, they don't. I'm like, they. I, I, I'm not going to actually say what I said to him because I don't think I can. But. They don't make sense. Like I want, no, I'm no, I can't. They, I feel like I have to rely on something. There's like it feels like there's an additional step there to me, right? And I also, when I want to get more power for my vehicle, I don't want to wait 20 minutes. I don't know if you've met me. I have no patience. Okay, okay. I have the patience of a toddler. I'm usually really wound up. I'm in major carb fog right now because I accidentally ate some bruschetta yesterday and I'm like, mmm, it's tiny bread. Yeah, and it's, it doesn't count as much because it's tiny and, you know, holiday, right, technically, so it doesn't count. So I'm, I'm, I'm in a major carb fog after not having any for like a week. I'm, so long story short, I don't, I don't want to feel as though I am connected. I feel like I can't get black market electric anywhere, but I always can get black market gas. You know what I'm saying? Like I can get fuel anywhere. You know what I mean? You know what people are doing now? And I'm seeing this on social media more and more. They're putting actual gasoline generators in the trunk of their Teslas and other electric vehicles. So in case they run out of electricity, they can pull out the gas powered generator and charge up their car. Look at that. I mean, I don't, I don't hate EVs. I just, <laughs> I just don't. Why would you do that? And I don't, I'm one of those people. I like certain cars, but I don't want to have more than one car because I don't, I don't want to feel like I have to have more in my life than I need. You know what I mean? It's just, except if it's guns or shoes. That's totally different. But I don't, you know, I would never have more than one place to live. I would never have more than one vehicle because that just is added stress to me. You know what I mean? The upkeep, the maintenance. I don't want to be stressed out with all that stuff. I just can't. I mean, stuff stresses you out. And so I, if I have one vehicle, I don't want it to be that. I don't want it to be, you know, a glorified Flintstone yabba dabba doer. I don't want that because that's what it is. Let's be real. And then if you're in California, you're screwed. 
Yeah, it's a model for the nation. I mean, yes, they have rolling blackouts and you're not going to be able to charge your EVs. But otherwise, I just, I can't, I can't deal. I think a good compromise is the hybrid vehicles, the ones that will run on electricity when you're doing the city stuff and the smaller things. But, you know, when you're on the highway and you're needing a little more power, it'll kick in the actual engine. And sometimes those cars can get up to like 500 miles to the tank. Um, you want to know what else is it's going to horrify you? What? So... Like my husband's really been getting into like electric supercars and that like and I don't know if I should I don't know if I can say it because half of my audience is gonna die you will die and you're gonna groan and you're just gonna <laughs> but I'm really weird about my vehicles I want them to look unusual I want them to be loud I want them I want to terrify people when I'm on the road not just because it's a massive vehicle but because I am a female driving it. Don't look at my hubcaps. You know, I'm just <laughs> just saying. When I look at some of these electric supercars, because this is all the stuff that he throws in my face. Like, yeah, well, look at this. And look at this one. And it's like, like look at this Lotus whatever. And I'm like, it, you're going to, I don't even want to say it. You're going to hate me. You know what I, you get, y'all are going to get so mad at me. Here, let me tell Kane first. And then we'll just, I, I think that they look like, Right. Did, you, you don't Juan's dying I'm killing Juan right now they, I said they look like glorified Nissans right they look like more like super unnecessarily expensive Nissans with just a couple more her, curves and humps that's it right I don't know can I can enough. I tell you that I agree with Jeremy Clarkson I don't like the Porsche 1911 the Porsche 1911 because it does look like a you fancy beetle 911 or the 1911? 1911 it looks like a fancy beetle oh okay I'm weird all I right. can't help it. You do know the... I don't like the new Aston Martin that's in an EV because it looks like somebody chopped the face off it. You I know, don't like that. Dodge is going to be stopping the Challenger and the Charger in 2023. Yeah, because they hate ones. humans. They hate everybody. Which will, I think, make the gas-powered ones way more valuable. I know. Them. I want to get... Now, see, I would get all of those. I would get those things. I want my door... I want to be terrified when I hear my door close because I, I want it to feel like it could crush me. I want a loud car that is annoying that's what i want you know so i i look at these evs and i just think and 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 I, and the the system upon which we must rely in order to power them and i think why are we going back in time why why are we going back in time we created the combustible engine we have great we have replenishing fuel supply why are we going back in time? It's the same reason. What are the light bulbs that they made everybody go to that makes everybody look yellow and tartary? What is that? You know what I mean? Tartary? You know how it looks ever. It, if there was an Instagram filter that you could put over it, it would be like yellow teeth. and it Because everything a yellow teeth film. The light that's like supposed to be more energy efficient. It's horrible. It's, they want to take you back in time to when everything sucked. That's what they're trying to do. Fill, All the yeah, technology they, they, is bad. They fill these new bulbs with these dangerous gases. Yes, and it looks horrible. And you can't Everybody even, looks horrible. Can't even toss them like an old bulb. No, you've got to like you have to basically call get a hazmat right. suit on. It comes with the bulb. So much it comes with the purchase, and you gotta get That's in there and be in, real careful. I don't want to deal with that. It's inferior light. And why are we going to inferiority? Now, Chris is all, well, you know, you can, those EVs can go from like zero to a thousand in like a microsecond. That's all great. And then what happens after they got, they got a charge? 
I'm gonna, no, wait, guys, wait. I gotta wait here for a half hour so I can charge my car part way. Anybody who's ever charged their phone and and batteries lose their charge after a while, right? Do you know how much how much it is to replace these batteries? Almost as much as the damn car itself. Now to this point, oh my gosh, like this is a subject I could rail on forever. I would be I would basically be like a freak show to the Top Gear people. They would they would not understand what how how to deal with me. She's nuts. This issue with Gazprom. So we it's almost like we told everybody this was going to happen, but they didn't listen. So Russia shuts down the Nord Stream pipeline to Europe. I'm not going to say I told you, but I will say it in Pig Latin. I old te uye. They shut down Nord Stream pipeline to Europe. They're not going to resume until they said the Siemens Energy repairs faulty equipment and also they want the sanctions removed. So they have, an, they have an issue with some of their, with the sanctions as well. They're upset. Ukraine, meanwhile, has offered Europe some gas to curb the prices. They're saying, by the way, if we give you gas, can you give us weapons? Europe is getting, ra- the European Union is really, they're, they're, they've been discussing even rationing. German importers, they're, they're facing their worst gas supply crisis ever in Europe. Gazprom said Nord Stream 1, that's the major supply route to Europe, would remain closed. They have a, oh, just they have to tweak this thing. We got to repair some equipment. Sure. Sure. It's an, it's weaponized energy is what it is. We told you this was going to happen. Trump even told people this was going to happen. Remember? And everybody laughed. All the media was like, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's lecturing Angela Merkel. He doesn't know, but it is. This is the biggest, one of the biggest gas pipelines to Europe. Apparently, it carries, what, 59.2 billion cubic meters of gas per year. Now, Germany, because Gazprom initially said, oh, it was, you know, it was a turbine issue, but they want these sanctions removed. Germany said, oh, that's just pretext. The Kremlin said that the West started all of this because the West imposed the most severe sanctions in modern history. I'm going to tell you, this makes me want to go back and replay Cold War again. Just because it's making me mad. Their energy minister said that Russia will respond to the price cap because they, the Kremlin said Russia would retaliate over G7 proposal to impose this price cap on Russian oil, etc., etc. It's, de- it's devolving into a mess. And on top of that, OPEC... They're going to reduce the world oil supplies. I know. It just gets better and better. They're going to reduce oil supplies. They said that the allied oil producing countries, they made a small trim in their supplies already to the global economy on Monday, underlining their unhappiness as recession fears helped drive down crude prices along with the, ga- the cost of gas to, thankfully, you know, for everybody else. But they're unhappy, so they're going to start restricting output. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. So the Pentagon is looking to speed arms sales to allies to better compete with China, according to this piece from the Wall Street Journal. They said that there's a new task force created looking for ways to streamline these foreign weapons sales programs spurred by the ongoing Russian war against Ukraine. The Pentagon created this task force of senior officials last month to look at the longstanding inefficiencies in U.S. sales of weaponry to foreign countries. They call it the Tiger Team, and they're going to try to basically fix it and get stuff in people's hands faster while banning, trying to ban it at home. Anyway, uh, Boris Johnson 
has a new well he's no longer he's out he has a replacement liz truss is going to replace him as the british prime minister she defeated the former chancellor rishi uh suki in there oh she almost lost this page defeated in the last election that they had which saw boris johnson they said it was a scandaled plague uh rishi sunak in the leadership contest for the conservative party so she's a conservative leader, but they said that Boris Johnson, he had a scandal-plagued premiership. Did he really, though? I mean, I know if, if you consider not wanting to go, go through lockdown, they said, oh, he had a party. Yet, remember that whole scandal? He apparently had a garden party and the queen had to sit alone for her husband's funeral. Yeah, because all the people on the left made that happen. So get mad at yourselves. I don't know. I I don't like Boris Johnson, Oh, you know, as a, as I don't think he's super conservative, but for in Britain, he's conservative. This crazy story, this Eliza Fletcher story that's been all over the news all day today, uh, the kidnapper in her case apparently served 20 years prior for kidnapping a prosecutor. How are you like out on the street when you're kidnapping people and you're spending time in jail and you just keep getting released? I'm just, you know, I'm curious. And a judge, according to NBC, a judge granted Trump's special master request and delayed part of the criminal probe. It's in Trump appointed judge dismantled the Justice Department arguments and said that the unique case called a neutral review of the documents seized at Mar-a-Lago. Stephen Yates next. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. It's this weird video released by this by Gazprom. State-controlled Gazprom. And it's this really creepy video that shows Europe freezing over after Moscow switches off the gas. Now, some leaders in Europe are saying this is basically like a blackmail video. And it shows a worker turning off the supplies and then very dramatically... The gas pressure needle falls to zero. Icy clouds ominously creep across the screen, and there's all of these aerial shots of Brussels and Berlin and Paris and London. And then you have this like creepy song. It's called Winter Will Be Long. It's some like traditional, I don't know. It's like the Sarah McLaughlin sad animal song that plays over this. It's creepy. And what is the point of releasing this now? Right after they conveniently turned off energy in Nord Stream 1 because, you know, turbine issues, but nobody believes it. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you this Tuesday, bottom of our third hour. Joining us now, Stephen Yates. You can find him on Twitter, at YatesComs. He's the senior fellow at the America First Policy Institute and the chair of the China Policy Initiative. Stephen, always good to see you live from your Lego bunker. Before we talk about things in the Pacific, this was a, I mean, it's Russian propaganda, but this comes right as they, oh, there's a turbine issue. We're going to have to turn gas supplies off through Nord Stream 1. It seems as though everything that, that normal people with more than one brain cell to rub together said about Russia weaponizing energy supplies a year ago, two years ago, longer than that, it's now coming true because Europe's facing a gas, an energy crisis going into winter. I don't know how they're going to get out of this, especially because the U.S., we talked about this last week. We are not in a position to help them. So what are they going to do? 
Yeah, well, it's also another reminder that the bad guys of the world are basically saying the quiet parts out loud. There's nothing subtle about this at all. They obviously have been thinking about this for a while, put some of their odd polish onto this uh, production they put put out there. Uh, but, you know, we had our own version of that. We've had a president of the United States speaking live from the gates of hell. And now we have this video telling Europe that they're about to freeze to death. So, you know, it's it's quite the international propaganda week we've gone through. That's a great point. And obviously, Yates is Steve's referencing the whole I've never seen, you know, Independence Hall lit that way, but that weird speech that Biden gave. And to that point, Steve, you would think because this news was known about Europe yeah. and the energy crisis when the president gave his Everybody who is MAGA and disagrees with me is a threat speech. Didn't mention that at all. That was kind of weird, right? Primetime address, not even bringing that up. It just was a campaign speech. Really, I mean, if one wanted to say fascistic. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's another one of those unprecedented things. It used to be through the entire Obama tenure, everything was unprecedented. But I think Joe is showing there are places that presidents can still go. They never have before because they never should have. But he's still finding places to go and, uh, you know, kind of tear the part, tear the country apart. Uh, It's just unbelievable to try to talk about anything as being the biggest threat to our democracy or the country and then turn inward. I mean, they've done this with climate change. They did it over supposed white supremacy. uh, And now it's sort of MAGA Republicans, whatever, whatever they mean by that. And apparently the president couldn't remember for more than 24 hours what he meant by that. Yeah, he. Uh, But. These are the biggest threats when the reality is, yeah, the Russians are bad dudes and they're 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 making videos about being bad dudes. The Chinese are bigger bad dudes and they're also making videos and war machines to go with it. And to that point, talking with Steve Yates uh, at Yates comes on Twitter, I would imagine that these all of these these tyrants of the world are very glad that Biden is focusing on anything domestic and petty political power jockeying over any of these issues. But I I was kind of wondering what when you have actual political tyrants, people like Vladimir Putin, people like Xi Jinping, when they see somebody like Joe Biden, as you said, staging himself before the, you know, what it looked like gates of hell, giving this really bizarre speech. It's I I mean, what do they make of that? I mean, what, what do you think their response was to that? kind of display well i think on one level they're exceedingly jealous why didn't i think of giving a speech like this i am the bad guy i'm the baddest of bad guys how did he beat me to this video moment uh and who knows coming soon to a theater near you vladimir putin may do his version and xi jinping after he ekes by his communist party election this fall maybe he will produce this kind of thing but a part of it they have to sit back and go wow never thought that america was going to be outdoing us on this deep dark propaganda stuff but hey apparently the americans got game in this area now yeah and 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 at least they're not focusing on us this one of the headlines too while russia is shutting down nord stream one uh, there's also the the story of OPEC now reducing their their what their their output because prices you know thankfully we're all happy that prices kind of decreased a little bit they're still a lot higher uh, this is I'm just like this is just setting up an even greater power struggle and I just feel we are are stuck in the middle of all of this not I mean on purpose we're stuck in the middle of all of this but how does this position China, because I know China is trying to be a, a real player on this stage as well. Uh, talk to, give us a little bit of insight on this. 
uh, as we are going into winter and everybody's apparently going to freeze to death? Yeah, well, just adding to the good news, uh, the, uh, the, the global climate agenda, sometimes we call it the church of the sun god, yeah. they, uh, they're out there trying to make it so that not only are we supposed to move away from the resources that the creator gave us to use responsibly for uh, purposes of bettering mankind and helping produce good things for more people, feeding more people, all of that good stuff. But instead of doing that for ourselves, we're now going to need to import more. And where are we gonna import from? We're gonna import from some of the least responsible countries on the in the world. Mm. Uh, and so whether it's your solar panels or any kind of manufactured good, we know now with absolute certainty that quality control is a massive problem in China. So things yeah. will be more expensive, less quality control, might even be made by genocidal slave regimes. We don't know. Uh, and so uh, this there's there's a push in that regard. But in terms of the pinch on everyone, demand from China for energy is going to keep going up. And that's going to keep uh, kind of pulling supply to them, making things more expensive for us. Uh, and if we're going to take ourselves out of gas and nuclear and other areas, guess what? China's not. Mm -hmm. They're going full bore in all of these areas. Uh, and so we're going to be losing competitive edge on manufacturing and running these kinds of capabilities. And they're going to become the world's most important purchaser of these kinds Gosh. of things. And so we're, it, we just made this decision to take ourselves out of the driver's seat of this market. And all the American families, workers and manufacturers are going to pay a dear price for that. I saw we're talking with Steve Yates. Uh, I, I, I saw this video. They, they started circulating on the uh, Chinese social media version, I guess, of Twitter. And after they announced another another lockdown in China, people began brawling, crawling all over themselves at supermarkets. It was a city of 21 million people, Chengdu. And apparently the measures, they're in lockdown. Only one resident per household can go out apparently for like a, an appointed period to get supplies. That's even if they have anything. And they said that the decision was made after they had 157 new coronavirus cases, 51 of which were asymptomatic. And so people went nuts, fighting with yep. each other in the store, racing out to the streets. Apparently, and it wasn't just that store. It was everywhere. They cannot keep doing this realistically, can they? How many lockdowns is this that they've gone that they've gone to? Well, way more than we know, because we don't have a universal free press coverage yeah. throughout China. Uh, but there's a lot of video that's going going out there. If you ever want to see something truly uh, shocking and remarkable, watch one of the exit videos when there's an early warning of a coronavirus positive case. And you'll see thousands of people fleeing for their lives out of a building before they get caught in lockdown. People have been locked down so much that they literally run for their lives so that they don't get caught in another lockdown bubble. Uh, it's absolute insanity. This COVID zero policy is one of the most radical and weird things. And the, weird, the weirdest part of it is the virus came from China. Yeah. One of the vaccines that was uh, advertised and flacked relentlessly for the first year and a half uh, came out of China, and yet China is destroying itself right now with COVID. Yes, and and these lockdowns, they I was looking at a, there are two different pieces. It seems to be like there's two different 
thought paths here that you know, China's economy, and we've talked about this before, they're dealing with a lot of debt. Uh, their housing market's obviously really, really weird. But then at the same time, I was looking at Real Clear Markets, and it's it said China's no longer poor because it stopped doing stupid things. Well, I'm looking at locking down cities of 21 million people as it's still doing stupid things. So I know their their little stimulus thing didn't work. When we, we went into one lockdown that i mean it was still pretty ridiculous and still pretty strict but comparing it to the communist chinese it it was not near that i just don't understand how their economy can keep moving forward because this isn't just one city it'll be a number of cities i mean didn't shanghai just come out of another lockdown like last month yeah how so how is their economy not how are they not totally entirely destroyed right now well, number one, they are able to lie, and so they, and they don't have any kind of accountability. And so it's a, a little easier to get by if you have established very firmly the reputation for cracking the skulls of anyone who yeah. wants to ask tough questions at a press briefing. Uh, and so they, they have certain built-in uh, insulation against this uh, against pushback on these things, but it's not infinite. Uh, it's extremely hard to predict when things will reach a meaningful tipping point. But they've been playing with fire in a number of different ways. I mean, demographics is kind of uh, an SAT buzzword, but basically numbers are not their friend. They had a big growing population until about a generation ago, and now they they, they have a population that is shrinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, their economy was was high on the money that was getting thrown into it by uh, by the US, by multilateral development yeah. organizations, everything. When you have trillions of dollars just flowing in, you can't make mistakes because the money just washes right over the mistakes. Uh, but now that has started to slow down. These other kinds of lockdown policies are going to have an effect. And the supply chains around the world, it's slow, and it needs to have happen much, much faster now. But the supply chains are going to start changing to where China is not as dominant as it has been. It's going to take a while to come down from that high, but all these things are going to put pressure. At what point does it break that form of government? We can't say. Uh, but I, you know, you sort of have an intuitive feel that when we were going through the 1980s, something was about to give in the broader Soviet experience. Yeah. And with the broader Chinese communist experience, you sort of think, you know, the high of all their predictions that they're going to overtake us and dominate us, that's kind of moved to the rear view window. Uh, it doesn't mean that we're out of the woods on problems. We've talked many, many times. A faltering China is still a very dangerous yes. China. They have nukes. They have lots of angry militarized people that could all go sideways and they have proven an ability to release viruses that are a problem uh so we have things to watch out for but uh, it's definitely on shaky ground it's something that's going to affect every american's life from our shelves in a walmart to the fuel in our pumps to the investments that have been made with your pensions Mm -hmm. or mutual funds all of this is linked in, in ways the Soviet Union never was. And so we have we need leadership now. Unfortunately, we have an angry man in the White House and other people focused on climate and genders I didn't know existed. Uh, but uh, this is a really big, big yeah. challenge worthy of real leaders happening right now coming from China. I, maybe we should start calling them MAGA to get the administration to pay attention to it. Exactly. Then they'll care. Yeah, then they'll care. Stephen Yates at Yatescoms on Twitter. Always so good to see you, my friend. Thank you so much for your expertise this week. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you, Dana. Take Thank care. You.
Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Thank you. What am I doing? I'm going out here. He has no idea where he's going. Welcome back to the program. President McUnity right there, ladies and gentlemen. Now, tomorrow, one of the things, and Kane reminded me of this, that I, I want to dive into without going into the weeds and making it to where, you know, you can't even talk about it at the water cooler if those exist still, is this appointment of John Podesta as the senior advisor to the president for, quote unquote, clean energy innovation and implementation. Now, this came out with the New York Times over the weekend, and it said that Biden is remaking his climate team and he's picking John Podesta to oversee all of the spending for it. He's going to oversee $370 billion in clean energy, quote unquote, investments. Gina McCarthy, who is the president's domestic climate advisor, is stepping down. Now, this is troubling on a, for a number of reasons. And I want to get into who John Podesta is and his brother, Tony, who started Barack Obama's campaign. John Podesta has been there since the Clinton Lewinsky days. And we're, go- we're going to explain who he is and what this means tomorrow. It's a deeper dive. Today's stupidity, Kane. All right. It's Corinne Jean-Pierre. Plenty to choose from, by the way, over the last few days. How many her, jobs did Biden create? Ooh, listen to this. So, as you know, the good news is in August, the economy created 315,000 jobs, which is important. We have created nearly 10,000 million jobs since President Biden took office. Wait a minute. Wait. 10,000 million? Is that greater than 11 trillion or was, less than 11? When I was in second grade, I used to think that was a number. Trillion. That's... 10,000 10, million. million. That's a record. That's a record. 10,000 millions, 11 trillions, guys. I'll be on Jesse Waters' program, primetime, 6 p.m. Central Hour tonight. Have a great evening. Subscribe to the newsletter chapter and verse. Check out YouTube, like, and subscribe. Back with you tomorrow.